Hello and welcome back to another edition of Viper Bites. Today we're going to take a look at some of those top handcuffs that you need to be owning at the running back position for 2021. Recently, we've seen Cam Akers go down with an Achilles injury, which boosted the stock of Daryl Henderson here. Now we're talking about Daryl Henderson in the RB2 type range, a guy who can make a difference for your fantasy lineups, especially when you consider all the other weapons that they got in Los Angeles. Now, before we get into the top 10 list, let's talk about quickly the players' combos that are missing out on this right now. First off, head to the desert, James Conner, Chase Edmonds. I don't think either one of these guys is the answer off the get-go. I think you're going to see uh, maybe James Conner come in, get some uh, touches early on in down situations with Chase Edmonds factoring more than more in the passing game. It's kind of a catch-22. Is James Conner the back he once was in Pittsburgh? No. Does Arizona fully trust Chase Edmonds? That's to be seen. Do they trust him where they went off and got a veteran running back? No, but the veteran running back they got was James Conner, so maybe they do trust him. We don't know how this is going to shape out. Now, Tampa Bay has Ronald Jones and Uncle Lenny. If it's playoff Lenny, it's a different beast. But right now, it looks like it's going to be Ronald Jones. Either one of them alone, not much value for me. Uh, heading to Kansas City, we got Daryl Williams. In the event of Clyde Edwards-Slayer missing any time, Daryl Williams is a guy who could definitely see his stock go up. And then in Chicago, the other Williams, Damian Williams, in the event of uh, Montgomery going down with an injury. We know Tariq Cohen's not going to be back right off the get-go. There's an opportunity there if that ever has to happen. And then, of course, in San Francisco, Raheem Mostert there. He's kind of got the ball going on. Jeffrey Wilson's already out. If something was to happen to Raheem, then we know that Trey Sermon is ready to step up. Now, these guys just missed my top 10. Who made my top 10? We're going to start off in the Mile High City here with the Denver Broncos. And this is a combination. I'm going to cheat here a little bit because I believe both Melvin Gordon in the third and Javante Williams, while they both have some standalone of value, I think it's going to be a 50-50 split in that backfield. And if there was an injury to either one of these backs, then you could see either one of them definitely jump into that RB2 type range going forward in 2021. Now, we can't ignore the draft capital that was spent on Javante Williams, the second-round draft pick of the Broncos. He's probably going to factor in more and more as the season goes on, but let's not forget, let's not pretend that Melvin Gordon's this old man. He had 215 carries, 986 yards, nine touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry. That's his second-most yards per carry since, I believe it was 2018, when he averaged 5.1. So there's not much of a drop-off there when we talk about Melvin Gordon and Let's be honest, 4.6 is in the upper 80 percentile when it comes to yards per carry for running backs over 200 yards per carry or 200 yard, 200 snaps. Sorry, pardon me. Now, take this one step further. Uh, Javante Williams was always in a committee there with Michael Carter at North Carolina. In 2019, he had 166 carries for 933 yards. But in 2020, he blew up 157 carries. 1140 yards, 19 touchdowns. That 7.3 yards per carry was right up there with the likes of Travis Etienne that everyone talks about being the, able to make the most of the least opportunities. Well, Javante Williams was able to do that as well. And he also threw in about 25 receptions for 305 yards. Now, regardless of how either one of these backs go, neither of them has really been trusted a whole lot in the passing. Melvin Gordon got a little bit more in his time with Los Angeles towards the end before he came over to the Broncos, but Mike Boone is going to factor into this equation somehow, somewhat. That's why they're a little bit lower. And Royce Freeman, don't forget his 2019 season when he had 43 receptions and 50 targets. If one of these backs goes down, they need that passing back. Royce Freeman is still in the equation. 
Now, heading over to Vegas, we're going to talk about Kenyon Drake. In the event that Josh Jacobs is lost for an extended period of time, Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that was kind of a bell cow back. So as soon as he goes down, if he goes down, Kenyon Drake will be able to step in and get a lot of touches, a lot of opportunity. Opportunity leads to fantasy points more often than not. Now let's take a little bit of look here. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders in 2019, 242 carries, 1,150 yards, seven touchdowns. That was in a 13-game period. And then last year, he had, oh, 272 carries, a little bit of drop-off in the yards at 1065, and that was over 15 games. Now, we know that Kenyon Drake can carry a load. He did so in Arizona last year, 239 yards, 955 touchdowns, or 955 yards, 955 touchdowns would be insane, but 10 touchdowns. Um, Drake has 266 career targets, and that's kind of on the lower echelon of running backs. So you think we get in factoring into the passing game. Kenny Drake has not factored into the passing game as much as you would think, especially coming over to Vegas where everyone's like, okay, he's going to take these passing touches. He's going to take these passing downs. He's going to get that target share out of the backfield. Not so fast. But when you look at some of the other things here, when you factor in those, those opportunities there inside the five, he was definitely a guy that Arizona targeted and we know he can take that rig the rigors of the position. So, He's definitely a guy that's on the way up in the event of an injury. Now, neither one of Jacobs nor Drake will be involved heavily in the passing game. We know that it seems like Gruden hates Jacobs in the passing game. I don't even think he has a third down reception in his career so far. Kenny and Drake, on the other hand, 25 catches, 31 targets. was actually less than what Jacobs had last year. So you know Theo Reddick or Jalen Richard is going to factor in for the Raiders at some point in the event one of these two backs goes down. Now, next up, we're going to head to Minnesota. We know about Delvin Cook being that back. There's lots of talk about him being the number two running back in the league. Some have him at number one, regardless of where you have him. Alexander Madison is definitely a guy that, in the event that Delvin Cook misses time, he can fill in admirably. We've seen it over the past. Cook has a struggle with durability over the last few seasons. He's missed at least two games in all four of those seasons. And in three games in relief last season, Madison was the RB7 uh, basically put up 277 yards, three touchdowns on 58 touches in that period of time. So we know that there is that fantasy relevance for Alexander Madison in that event. Now, if we take a little bit deeper look here, uh, behind Madison, you've got Amir Abdullah, who's more of a special teamer right now, and then they got fourth rounder at Iowa State, uh, Kenny. Oh man, why, why do I can't? Why can I never pronounce these names? Uh, Kenny Nwagu give or take a couple syllables of vowels I might have thrown in there. Uh, those are the primary competition for touches uh, as far as Madison's concerned. But we could definitely put Madison potentially in that RB1 category if there was an event that led to an injury to Delvin Cook, but for the most part, firmly in your RB2 status. Now, one of my favorite ones, he's probably a lot lower on a lot of people's boards, would be Washington's J.D. McKissick. If Antonio Gibson were to go down, with an injury, which we've seen him uh, suffer a couple games last year. I think he missed two full games, and he was kind of banged up for a good chunk of the season. But McKissick, he was basically a, the number eight running back over those three-week periods in which he missed time or missed games completely. Now, he racked up 144 yards and one touchdown and 23 targets, 127 yards, 29 carries, while playing with 76% of the snaps there. So that's telling me that J.D. McKissick can come in in a short term and win you some weeks there. I wouldn't think he's a long-term answer. I don't think he can 
keep that up over a 12 game kind of period. But if you need someone, if there's an injury for six, six weeks, JD McKissick is definitely a guy you'd be targeting, especially in zero, that zero RB format that some people like to put out there. But if you want to take a loan, he's got that standalone flex appeal, 85 receptions last year. We're talking or 80 receptions on 110 targets. That's for, I don't know, 589 yards, give or take. That's telling me, you know, in PPR, this is a guy you want to get in there. You can put him in your flex spot any day of the week, and you're going to get some value there. Now, when we look at this Washington backfield after that, it drops off considerably. you got Peyton Barber there, maybe a short yardage kind of guy. I don't think he's going to be the guy they're going to count on in the end zone. Then you got Lamar Milley. Raise your hand, seriously. Raise your hand if you thought Lamar Miller was still playing in the league, let alone in Washington. Now, the one that interests me a little bit is Jared Patterson coming over from the University of Buffalo. He may be the primary competition for that backup role, but I do believe J.D. McKissick has standalone value in the passing game regardless. Now, maybe my favorite running back, especially in the zero RB, or if you target running backs a little bit later, you're looking at Gus Edwards, probably in the ninth round of drafts. He's a guy that you always have to keep on your radar, especially if J.K. Dobbins was to miss some time. Now, he sits second in the NFL in yards per carry since he entered the league in 2018. Although he's never really factored in the passing game, which is where you're going to see maybe Justice Hill step up in that realm, but you're going to see a heavy workload in the running game for Gus Edwards in the event that Dobbins does miss some time. Now, look at his t- stats here. 2019, 133 carries, 711 yards, 5.3 yards per touch. 2020, 144 carries, 723 yards, five touchdowns, but he only had a combined 16 receptions in those two seasons. If he's, if not anything else, he's very consistent. You're going to get a running back who's going to average you five yards per carry. You give him 20 carry, touches, 20 carries in a game, there's your 100-yard rusher every week. Now moving on to number five. Now we want to talk about what could happen with the New Orleans Saints if Alvin Kamara goes down. We do not want to think about this, but with Michael Thomas already out, we know there's going to be an increase in the passing game from the backfield. We know Kamara's touches go considerably up when Thomas misses some time, which is going to give Latavius Murray a little bit more of a run in the running game early on, regardless of an injury. Now, let's take a little bit of a more of a look at the Michael Thomas factor here. Um, Kamara is going to be the number one option in New Orleans in the passing game. I don't know, care about Traquan Smith. I don't care about Marquez Callaway. I don't care about Jawan Jennings and anyone else they could possibly throw out there. This offense is going to run through Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara one way or the other. Now, when Kamara did miss time back in 2019, I believe it was, or 2018, don't quote me here exactly, but Murray was fantasy's top-scoring running back thanks to 307 yards and four touchdowns on 60 touches during that period of time in which Kamara was out. Now, we talked a little bit about the guys that come in behind you with Dwayne Washington, Ty Montgomery, next on the depth chart. I do like Stevie, uh, Stevie Scott there, but there's not much depth behind Latavius Murray. So if Kamara was to go down, Latavius Murray is a guy you need to be targeting in your drafts. You're probably looking at him at that round nine type area. Now, moving on to Duval County, you know I'm going to talk about some J-Rob. And, of course, when I have to talk about J- uh, James Robinson, I'm going to have to talk about Travis Etienne. This is a full-fledged 50-50 split, in my opinion. Uh, I think um, Etienne produced in big ways despite limited touches uh, during Clemson. Uh, 687 carries, nearly 5,000 yards, 7.2 yards per carry, 
add in another 102 receptions in that period of time, you know you're going to get some big play ability out of Travis Etienne. Now, on the flip side, you got James Robinson, who can do it all as well. Last year, despite being an undrafted free agent coming in, getting the job, 240 carries, 1,070 yards, seven touchdowns. It's a 4.5 yards per carry. And then you throw in another 49 receptions for 344 yards and three touchdowns. Both these backs have value. Standing alone, you're going to draft ETN probably a little bit higher, especially in PPR, because I think he's going to factor in the passing game a little more than what James Robinson does. I really believe you're going to see James Robinson in their first and second down, Travis Etienne kind of going in a third down, unless his pass protection doesn't quite hold up. But you're also going to see Travis Etienne split out a little bit and James Robinson. I think you're going to see both of them in the game at the same time because Urban Meyer likes to do crazy things like that. Now, regardless of how you look at it, if there's an injury to James Robinson, Carlos Hyde could factor in those early downs, short yardage, goal line opportunities, which could take a little bit away from Travis Etienne. But if either one of these backs go down, if Etienne goes down or if James Robinson goes down, the other's value goes right up through the roof. Now, another number three, I have A.J. Dillon. Uh, if the if Aaron Jones was to miss some time, the 2020 second-round pick will play a significant role in this Green Bay Packers offense, especially with Aaron Rodgers coming back. Now, we see what Aaron Jones can do. He factors in the passing game, factors in the rushing game. We haven't seen that passing ability or pass passing game ability come from A.J. Dillon yet. Boston College really didn't ask him to catch a lot of passes. It's something he's been working on weekly with the Packers. We'll see if that translates in 2021. Um, he doesn't have that standalone value for PPR yet, but you know what? With Aaron Rodgers, maybe maybe if Jones goes down, we talk about A.J. Dillon a little bit more in the passing game. Now, the one thing we don't quite take into account is Jamal Williams is gone, which means there's a clear route for A.J. Dillon at the number two spot. And then behind A.J. Dillon is rookie Kylan Hill, who could be that passing guy, or Dexter Williams out of the University of Notre Dame, who we haven't seen do a whole heck of a lot in his short time in the National Football League. At number two, Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys. If Ezekiel Elliott goes down, Pollard is ready to step up. Now, he only played more than 47% of Dallas' snaps, and that was in one game. That was back in week 15 when Elliott was sidelined. But over the period of time in which Elliott misses, Pollard is impressed. Dallas knows what they have in him. Fantasy owners know what to expect out of Tony Pollard. You want to get him on your roster because if Elliott goes down, you've got yourself a top 10 running back as far as fantasy is concerned. Now, let's look at that. 12 carries, 69 yards, two touchdowns, and then he added another 63 yards on nine targets uh, and was the top scoring running back for that week in which Elliott was sidelined. So if you get that one big week, you know what you got with Pollard? You translate that over an X amount of period of time in which Elliott could miss. That is some huge value, and that's going to – propel you to victories this year now at number one without a doubt is kareem hunt of the cleveland browns if nick chubb were to miss time this is going to be you're going to argue that kareem hunt is going to have top five value for running backs at that position now the 26 year old was the number 13 running back overall last year and number 11 running back when chubb did miss some time so you know no matter what you're getting yourself a borderline RB1, RB2 type guy, and if Chubb misses more than four games this year, you can expect Hunt to be ready to step in and step up into that role. Catching passes, running, it's not going to matter. This Cleveland Browns offensive line is one of the top lines in the National Football League, which means no matter how you splice it, 
Kareem Hunt is in for a huge season. And if Nick Chubb's down, Hunt's going up. Now that's it for this episode of the Top 10 uh, Running Back Handcuffs in 2021. You've been listening to